With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Holy shit, Travis, did you learn how to add someone? (laughs) (laughs) This has been a process. That was amazing. This has been a process. All right, I think I added both Kyle and Ben. I just couldn't start a damn call because I'm old. It's literally the button with the phone picture. Yeah. (laughs) The phone picture button. That's How all do you, you hit. That? Okay. You're going to have to give me a, a few drinks in me to get live in the colon. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh my God. <laughs> we record all of this. Full disclosure. Anything said now can be used. Hold, Hold on. Give me, guys, give, give me, me a second. Minutes. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look up uh, Indiana on Kim Pump. Hold on. I'm scrolling. I'm South, still scrolling. South Florida, Hold on. I'm still South scrolling. Florida's guys, right. I'm still scrolling. South Florida's right 268 on Tampon. <laughs> um, so this brings me to something like, why are you guys so against S&P? You guys are, have great S&P rankings. You're 38th right now. That's 13 whole spots ahead of Indiana. Okay, first what, of all, what is your deal with hating on the S&P? I don't know what that means. Yeah, what the f*** are you even talking about? I don't know. I think it would suck to lose to Rutger in football, though. That, that would be even worse. Yeah, wow. especially if you it's drove cool. all the way out for it. That was right. Real. I know. <laughs> yeah. What are you? What do you know, Travis? Like two ten and one in like Big Ten games that you like the first time you've seen Purdue in the opposing team stadium. Some one, crazy ten, stat and, like that? one ten and one with only. Uh, I'm one ten and Stop one. Stop no, going to games. Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, I'm it's one eleven and an, one. An anomaly at that point. You would have a higher hitting percentage, like hitting on supermodels, than you do seeing Purdue win on the road. Yeah, I think at this point that's statistically significant, and you should just stop going. The only time I will have rooted for Alabama harder in a game was when they played Notre Dame in the uh, in the 2012 national title game. I was rooting for Alabama there because I'm not a God, reverse. that was such a great I'm, game. I'm surprised to hear you're not rooting for Notre Dame, but we'll move yeah, past well, that. No, that's that's why I bring it up. I'm not, yeah. Notre Dame is the absolute worst. Yes, we can agree on that. Can My... we get some real IU fans on here who like <laughs> football? <laughs> no, you can't. They're all Butler fans now. Hey, oh, wow. All right. Well, I'll do, I'll do a bit of an intro and then uh, we'll get into this. And uh... oh, wait, you haven't even started yet. <laughs> no. I... We do we, a cold open that I will here. edit out of all of this bullshit. <laughs> Oh, and yeah. then we, then like music plays, and then Travis Wait. usually just prepare yourself now. Travis is going to start a monologue. It's going to be real creepy. He picks a tone of voice that is not <laughs> at all acceptable to talk to anyone that's not asking to be like whipped afterwards. No. <laughs> or like to catch a predator. And like... it lasts for like two minutes. Like I think he writes it up beforehand, but I'm not, I haven't got confirmation.
Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Hammer and Rails podcast. That's right, we do still do this on occasion. And we are coming to you live from multiple locations around this great country. And it is a Bucket Week podcast with special guests from Crimson Quarry. That's right. <laughs> uh, let, let's lead off with uh, our own crew here. As, of course, I'm T-Mel from HammerAndRails.com. And with us recording everything in West Lafayette or Lafayette, Indiana, I'm not sure what side of the river he lives on, is Casey. How you doing, Casey? I'm currently drinking whiskey, which I do not drink because I have a half bottle left over. And the story behind it is went on a date with a girl. Got the bottle of whiskey. Made the joke that, look, I don't drink whiskey. I bought this for you. Whatever happens, fine. You're not allowed to leave. We're not allowed to be done until you drink all that. I don't. But here I am drinking whiskey. Nope. This is awful. This is bad. (laughs) (laughs) That would be Andrew Ledman coming to us from our nation's capital. How you doing? I'm a little not great after that story. (laughs) (laughs) Amber alert is a scary world. And with us uh, from Crimson Quarry tonight, we have Ben Raffel. How you doing, Ben? Good. I am coming to you from cold Boston right now. That's where I that's where I live currently. Oh, that sounds like a weird name for a tent. <laughs> oh, thank you, Casey. And our final uh, guest is Kyle. Uh, what on <laughs> earth was that? Uh, that was my uh, puppy kicking a water bowl over. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right then. Dragging it across the floor. <laughs> uh, and our final guest tonight is Kyle Swick, also of Crimson Quarry. How you doing, Kyle? I'm doing good, guys. Well, we Very have polite. Yes, <laughs> we we have quite the interesting week this week. We have a couple of five and six teams entering the bucket. Uh, first time since I believe 2007 that both team or no 2000 was indiana five and six going into the 2012 bucket game or no uh no 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 <laughs> definitely not definitely <laughs> that, it, that it might be uh i would say 2000 i think it was 2007 uh, both teams could have gotten bowl eligible with a win and uh indiana won or at least purdue was already bowl eligible something like that. i used so that was a weird that was a weird year where there were where there were too many bowl teams and it was that was my freshman year at IU and IU was they were six and they were six and five but it had, it was largely accepted that they were going to need to win a seventh game to actually go to a bowl that year but the, I know this doesn't happen very often that both teams are playing winner goes to a bowl game loser is staying home unless you have Indiana's handy APR score in which you guys <laughs> might still be getting in right am I correct that is correct I think Our, something like 11 we need like 11 teams to win and um, get, get for them, if we lose, we need like 11 other teams to win and get to six and six so that that pushes us into a bowl game if we finish. There's a six. bunch of weird scenarios. It is yeah, way easier I, to beat Purdue than it is figure out that math. So yeah, yeah, but I, right. I have I have all 14 of them if you would like me to. Because <laughs> <laughs> yes. I, I see that Indiana has the uh, 982 for APR. Purdue is way down at 971. So not only could... Daryl Hazel not coach. He couldn't get his players to actually go to freaking class. Thanks Guys, a lot. Am Darryl. I supposed to know what an APR is? It's like the financing rate on the on like a car. Yeah, like when you buy a house. Oh yeah, no, I'm not supposed to know that. No. Yeah, Casey's not much. He's barely an adult. Uh, <laughs> adult. So. 
but anyway, we got quite a bucket game this week, and uh, we'll start off with the with the Crimson Quarry guys. You know, what are you guys thinking heading into Saturday? You've won two in a row, kind of turned things around, and according to S&P, which you guys love, and I have no idea how it actually works, Purdue and Indiana are, two, are the two best five-win teams in America, too. Oh, hell yes. <laughs> That's exactly what what you want in a rivalry game. What are your initial thoughts here going into Saturday? Uh, I know Indiana's had some rough luck this year against a really tough schedule early on, but seems to have turned turned around this week. Plus, you guys have solved the mystery of Rutgers, or Rutger as you call it. Yes, they are Rutger. I really wish this game was in Bloomington. That's my first first inclination, which I know you guys probably wouldn't agree with, since I believe the last two have been in Bloomington. Three of the last four. Three of the last four, that's right. Um, The last four, which... IU have have won all four, I believe. Wait, is that true? Yeah, the, this and a fifth win would be, I think, <laughs> unprecedented for IU in this series because we are so far behind Purdue in total buckets. But I think we've never won more than four in a row. And this and like last I year was the only, last year was like the only time I, I think the first time since the '40s that we've won four in a row in this series. So I think half of that, our Purdue team had to go serve in World War II for us to win. Yeah, that, uh, that's I feel like correct. you guys are being really nice right now. Just so later <laughs> you're gonna like really come back. I don't know, <laughs> man. It's Sunday. It's Sunday night. I just had Thanksgiving today. Like I'm in a pretty I'm in a pretty like good mood. I, <laughs> Thanksgiving today. What are you Canadian? IU fans aren't mean. They're just hungry. Listen, listen. No, he called him Canadian. So Canadian Thanksgiving was a month ago, Edmund. Which I also did that. Um, <laughs> I never, I never, I never chance to have a Thanksgiving. Um, I, did, I did a Friendsgiving last night. It's like Thanksgiving, but actually fun. You were mentioning you were mentioning the four in a row, and you're correct. Indiana won four in a row from 44 to 47. Uh, that was actually part of when they'd won seven of eight uh, from 1940 to 47. Nice. And immediately after that, Purdue ripped off 10 in a row. And <laughs> thir- uh, it, it was 10 in a row, and it looks like 20 out of the next 23 with two Indiana wins and a tie. So I'm fine with getting back to those days. I mean, I don't know about you you guys, Casey and Andrew. Yeah, so I, could, I-, I could use a 10-game win streak over, well, hell, anyone at this point. Uh <laughs> But it would be great over IU, yeah. I think it's kind of. I think for me, it's kind of this emotional void right now because I really, really, really needed to beat Rucker on Saturday because those people are the absolute worst. And, yeah. You know, it was funny. It was a legitimate question. Like we were legitimately split in the team slack, and I said, if you could only win one of these remaining two games, which one would you rather win? And me and a couple others would rather have beaten Rutger. <laughs> that being nice thing no, earlier that, just came back right now. What you just I said, said was very rude. We are rivals. I said, we I said Purdue. I said Purdue because I want this this five in a row thing okay. to happen. Hold on. Why do you hate Rutgers so you badly? You dismissed us for Rutgers. Do you guys not do you, do you guys not know that lore? Like I what? I follow one Rutgers person. So <laughs> two years it. ago, Two years ago, I, I wrote like a, the, the same game preview. It's so formulaic. I write them every week. Actually, now I try to pass off most of them. And it was just like, here's what S&P says. Here's what their personnel looks like. Here's how their season's been to date. And like for 2015 Rucker, like that was that was really bad stuff. Like they were their, a bad team. Their coach got <laughs> fired at the end of the season. I was like, look, at, I was like, look at these numbers. This team is terrible. Like. I didn't, even, I didn't even say terrible. It's like this team is not having the season you would want them to have. They're they're struggling big time. You know the games at IU. I think IU was a was a double digit home favorite. And so you know I kind of wrote the preview from that perspective, 
that it was like, you know, you should be expecting a victory if you're IU in this game. And 40 Rucker fans just flood the comments. Like, I got emailed threats. Like, you better not show your face in New Jersey. And I was like, don't worry nice. about that. <laughs> <laughs> it is. A, um, have you ever taken the train past Rutgers? Yes, I have. Um, past um, High Point Solution Stadium. I live. <laughs> the, the, the highest point of that um, transit train ride. So I grew up in Jersey for 12 years. And I have relatives there. I still go there often. I go to the Jersey Shore every summer to get my GTL on. Anyway, my, my point is I have like cousins who are from there. And, you know, they could have they could have gone to Rutgers, gone – had – you know, cheaper tuition and everything. All of them went to out-of-state schools. Um, <laughs> my, my cousin, I, it was she was so happy when she got off the wait list for University of Delaware because it meant she didn't have to go to Rutgers. So, um, yeah. So, like, even within the state, it has this reputation. Um, you know, most – if you're a college football fan in Jersey, you're usually a Notre Dame or Penn State fan. So there's this – reputation even like within the garden state about Rucker that is um kind of still pretty um not so great but yeah they're just they they were just horribly awful people yeah it was and it was it was completely out of nowhere they all and, talk like Chris Christie talks and then that 2015 <laughs> game happens where IU blows a 25 point lead to them and that didn't make anything better <laughs> and uh and it's just snowballed from there and of course we you know from we were from the jump like you know Rutgers should not be in the Big Ten this is awful we, we wrote plenty about that and, you know that's all true and they didn't appreciate it but man just the the vitriol is incredible like i had never seen something like that you know on the internet from a fan base and i mean you know iu has some pretty intense rivalry you've got like the university of kentucky that goes after you know that doxes that doxes refs and tries to get them tries to get them fired and like writes petitions and and are just absolutely psychotic and i still never experienced anything like i experienced with rucker fans so that's where that all comes from I had no idea. Deeply personal. (laughs) Whereas Purdue, it's like I I grew up in Hendricks County. I I live here now. You know, you drive 45 minutes north, you're you're in Lafayette. You drive 45 minutes south, you're in Bloomington. So I've been around this rivalry my entire life, and I have great friends and family members that went to Purdue. So it's more of a. I mean, it's still a rivalry. Like we still give each other, you know, good amounts of shit, that good stuff. Can I say shit? podcast oh absolutely okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah well, yeah it's the same with me i mean i went to um spia for grad school at iu so environmental affairs school so you have um quite a few purdue undergrads who end up um there for grad school so you know i've i've friends who went to purdue undergrad as well so you know it's yeah it's, there's there's some sort of like fr- friendliness i like to, that you're all to... making the racist argument the like i'm not a racist argument towards purdue. i know people that went to purdue it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> but i'm just saying that, i dated that, i dated a boilermaker it's fine that uh just once that kind of color, <laughs> that kind of colors the interaction though <laughs> no pun intended um <laughs> simply because you know I, I watch most of the purdue games like with these people either standing with them in the stadium or like watching it at our house and so you know i'm not gonna get like real shitty with them over a football game and 90 percent of the time that i've been a fan the game hasn't meant anything <laughs> and, and so I think- it is that is something like it's not a good it has not been a good spot our rivalry in either sport for quite a while no, the best- I, I think it only th- Three times 
both teams have uh, I, no wait only twice have both teams gone to a bowl in the same season I believe and I think that was 2007 obviously you guys have the big win uh, for Hepner and everything and then 1979 both teams went to a bowl I think you guys went to the holiday bowl and we were in the infamous blue bonnet bowl against Tennessee <laughs> that's right that um, I did a piece on all of I used bowl games last year, and I, rem- I remember that one. There, all all ten of I used bowl games, but I remember that one specifically because I think um, Lee Corso was still the coach, and we had this huge comeback to beat BYU, and it was the first time I used ever had a huge comeback in football to win. How do you guys feel about the fact that Lee Corso took the bucket and laid with it naked? I feel great about it. <laughs> <laughs> a so, lot of enthusiasm so, for saggy balls. That is uh that is exactly what I would do if I if I had the bucket. I could like I mean that's that's probably on the that's probably on the the mild end of what I would do if I had that bucket. So Your bucket list is literally teabagging the bucket. Yeah, at at the very least. <laughs> I, I also have a great story about the the 2007 bucket game. I was a freshman. I was in the I was in the front row. I thought that when Austin Starr kicked that field goal, that it was his time expired. So I <laughs> jumped the rail. That's like a ten foot fall, isn't it? It is a ten. It is a ten foot fall <laughs> on the student side. So, so it was the Purdue. It was the Purdue team, you know, right in front of me, and I, I, I jump over. And I was actually wasn't the only one that did it. There was four other dumbasses that uh, that joined me because we all thought the game was over we get like slammed up against the the wall by security guards. And I'm like, I've made a mistake. Please don't send me to prison. <laughs> and the guy was like, the, the, the guard was real cool about it. He's like, you're fine. You're fine. You, you got to wait here. And uh, I can't remember his Jersey number, but there was a Purdue player who turned to me and, and said, you're going to be real embarrassed when we end up winning this game anyway. And uh, he ended up being wrong. But I was like, Oh man, I, that would be really embarrassing, and all these Purdue people have seen me do it. And no, like it, it sounds almost like the infamous Kentucky LSU game, where the Kentucky fans are tearing down the opposite goalpost as LSU completes the miracle hail, like seventy-yard hail mary to win at the other end of the exactly. Battle. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so that, it was like that on a micro scale. And, yeah, without any of the coolness. Just, yeah. I think, and that, I think that, that, that clip is great too, um, because like as Devery Henderson's running back. The, the final score says on the, on the on the screen says like Kentucky 30 LSU 27 fi- final like as he's taking <laughs> it to the house <laughs> I mean nothing beats the Stanford band on the field but um, that comes That's pretty insane. close yeah I, that's, I, I honestly think that the LSU Hail Mary is even better than the Stanford band to be honest yeah I, I gotta say that because I know that there were there were multiple students hanging on the other goals post and they had to be flagged down as in uh, hey we we just lost this game actually yeah the band just like got bad instruction <laughs> the band like, interfered with the play right yeah the guy had to weave through like yeah, an entire like, brass a section a trombone set a pick I think you, I think <laughs> I think I remember we we went back and looked at it and we're trying to decide if, if the band aided which <laughs> which team the band aided more and uh, I think it did actually hurt the returner more than it did the because he had to do a lot of ducking and diving yeah. to get to get through them and by the time the would be tacklers followed him the the band had like fallen over guys uh, guys I, I think we're a bit off topic here. Are yep, we that's okay. To, are we supposed that, to just be yelling at each other? And Ledman is a wet blanket, just so we all are clear. <laughs> hey, I Constantly. could be. Stop the, talking I, about your penis. 
That was weird. I could be watching The Walking Dead right now. Wow, two years after it was cool. <laughs> so so let, let's get some actual game substance here. Um, both teams have had uh, some alternating quarterback issues. Who are you guys going to go with? Is it going to be uh, Dick Slingin' Legal or is it going to be, uh, what's the other guy, Peyton Ramsey, one of the 27,000 kids named Peyton in this state? I would be, I would, it's actually funny because he's from Ohio. Okay. So. <laughs> Um, yes, he I wasn't old enough. He wasn't old enough to be, or he's not young enough to have been named after Andy Dalton. So, <laughs> um, but I think it's uh, got to be Lego tomorrow or yeah. Saturday, whatever, whatever the game is. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. Ramsey's banged up, first of all, and personally, I kind of thought the clock hit midnight on on him being a viable quarterback option until he gained some arm strength. And if we're not going to use his mobility, which Mike DeBoard seems to think doesn't exist. There's no point having him out there over Lego, who at least has the the robo arm, even if he doesn't always know where it's going. I mean, well, the, the, I noticed you guys have been pretty down on Mike DeBoard this year. Can tell tell us a little bit about you know his background? And I know before yeah, the season um, starts, you guys were like, oh god, I can't believe we're going from Kevin Wilson to this. Yeah. Um. So I just remember um for uh, for a couple of years when he was um offensive coordinator to Butch Jones, who is now fired. Oh, yeah, he's a Butch oof. Jones cast off. Oh. Um, yeah, but. While he was at Tennessee, I remember Didn't all the. Really want Butch Jones? Yes, <laughs> you did, and you can't ever, you can't ever watch that. Well, um, while he was at Tennessee, all these Michigan fans were just like um, laughing every time you know Tennessee tried to do something on offense. They're like, "Oh, ha ha ha! We remember Mike DeBoard from um, when you know he was um, our offensive coordinator." And you know, it just frustrated me to no end. Like, I hate seeing Michigan fans being right. So I it just frustrated me to no end that like they were kind of correct about him because you know they got to see it firsthand for so so many years. But uh, I think the thing that's front. The thing that's frustrating to me is like you kind of um, it feels like sometimes with his offense, he's, you know, you're try- trying to keep sort of the up tempo um, pl- play calls from the w- Wilson era um, and trying to fit like sort of a square peg in a round hole um, for this de- board offense. And it just hasn't really um worked out and it just was you know it's frustrating to see like it's i think the michigan state game is the one that like put me over the the edge where we only were able to get um three field goals and you know in the red zone just like three sort of like straight up the gut runs at one point um and yeah just i i it's just sort of um the, the creativity just doesn't quite seem to be there Oh, well, please don't feel bad. We tried to talk ourselves into John Shoup. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) that is what it is, but I'm not ready to joke about that yet. Oh, John Shoup is we're always ready to joke about John Shoup. No, we're not. (laughs) But I I know that you've had some issues with the running game, too, because it seemed for a while there you had Tevin Coleman, Jordan Howard. Where where's the uh, next great Indiana running back, if you will? Uh, you know, it's funny because this kind of feeds into the hottest take that I have about the IU football team, and that that's we miss our offensive line coach Greg Frey a lot more than we miss Kevin Wilson. Ooh. And yeah, that, I would agree with that. When Greg Frey left two years ago to take the same job at Michigan, Last year. the uh, have you guys written a column called Frayed Edges yet, or Frayed Lines? <laughs> Because that's just perfect. No. No. (laughs) 
<laughs> but, and we never will. Um, <laughs> Not never. Nope. Won't any. Won't anytime soon. Now. <laughs> it's nice. It was kind of hard. It was a hard point to make at first because his departure coincided to the to the departure of Jason Spriggs, who was a longtime stalwart of that line at left tackle, and there was a lot of turnover. And last year, Dan Feeney was in it. He's with the San Diego Chargers now. Was in and out of the lineup. Yes, thank you for calling them the San Diego Chargers. I don't accept the fact that they moved to oh LA. They're still the San Diego Chargers. I did that at work the other day too. It's it's all it's all good. <laughs> They're not. But, right. um, but so ever since ever since he's been gone the offensive line play has been an absolute disaster uh which handicaps basically everything we want to try to do offensively so whether whether or not you know mike deboard is a good offensive coordinator or not i I lean more towards him not being but i'm not as convinced as others because the line play is so bad uh it hamstrings indiana's ability to run the ball which then hamstrings your ability to effectively use play action rpo all that good stuff that the kind of misdirection that makes college offenses go. And it's what necessitated the switch to Peyton Ramsey in the first place was because Lego's just a sitting duck back there. The guy can do a lot of things, but he cannot move. And Ramsey at least has enough wiggle to his game that he could get away and get downfield or, or buy himself some more time in the pocket if needed when, not if the pocket breaks down, but when it breaks down. And as far as the next great IU running back goes, Mike Majette was a guy I advocated for for a long time just because his numbers, uh, when you kind of broke them down, you saw a guy that really excelled in space. And this year, there, there's no space for him. And I think he's averaging less than two yards a carry. Uh, so they turned it over to true freshman Morgan Ellison, who is kind of more in the Jordan ha- poor, man, poor man's Jordan Howard uh, mold of just this battering ram where it doesn't matter that he's getting met at the line and having to fight through contact because he's strong enough, he's big enough, he does get through it. He had a great game against Rucker, though, and and that's not something that a lot of running backs can say. They, you know, (laughs) the Scarlet Knights' run defense is legitimate this year. They they shut down Saquon Barkley, which any Rucker fan would be happy to tell you leading up to this game (laughs) was the reason why they were going to shut down Simi Cobbs or as the on the banks called it <laughs> Sammy Cobbs. <laughs> and that that lost member of the rat pack, Sammy Cobbs Jr. <laughs> oh yes. Um one other thing I want to add to what Kyle was saying is we also lost our um running backs coach, our former running backs coach, Dallin McCullough, to um USC over the offseason. And um so we cool. just and and um you know Divine Redding was a thousand yard rusher. Jordan Howard's a thousand yard rusher. Tevin Coleman's a thousand yard rusher. So um, after Brian Redding, uh, two time thousand yard rusher. Yeah, actually, right. losing three straight thousand yard rushers not um not easy. I mean, Ellison, you can see some of the potential, but yeah, I think think Kyle gotta, hit it on the head. There. He's got to work on his ball security, but he he's the perfect he's the perfect running back for for the state of IU right now, uh, which is hey, here's the ball. There's a linebacker already here. So good luck. Nice. And I know, I know for me, I'm also having just recurring nightmares of Simi Cobbs because I still cannot believe that Daryl Hazel wanted him to be a defensive back. <laughs> and it's just inexcusable. <laughs> My favorite thing to talk about. So did Matt Brown. I feel like you can accurately summarize Daryl Hazel's capability of, as a as a college football coach by saying he wanted six foot, six foot five Simi Cobbs in his secondary. Like, well, I... I Boy, yikes. Yeah, he also didn't want to recruit 
recruit Koi Kronk, who was a freshman All-American when last year when he needed a bloody left tackle. But we're, we're here to talk about the positive. Yeah, the fact we... that we're moving forward as a program. Are you guys moving forward? <laughs> that was the silence of question? moving forward. <laughs> <laughs> the silence of moving Do forward. Do you feel like we are moving forward? That's well. We I think the crazy. I think I think the craziest thing about Purdue is how is how good they've been on defense this year. I know. Despite the despite the hire that they made, you know, you you associate Jeff Brom with scoring points and rightfully so. Um, but he came in and he's really he's really turned the defense around. And what you're going to have on Saturday are two really good defenses going at it there um numbers haven't been updated yet because apparently bill Connolly doesn't work for me but uh the uh i was like hanging right at the hanging right at number 30 and uh produced 28th and both of those are probably going to go up based on their performances on saturday with purdue holding iowa to nine points 12 points 15? Uh, they got they got Less 15 because they went for Less too late yeah, oh they, yeah I, I stopped paying attention to the game after a while um so, okay. Yeah, I was all optimistic um, about IU's chances to win on Saturday, um, like at about 5 p.m. when the um, typhoon-delayed Rutger game ended. Um, and then, like, two and a half that hours later— whole day, too. Two and a half hours later, I um, check my phone um, while I'm at this while I'm at this Friendsgiving, and I see that Purdue has um, has beat an Iowa, and I'm like, oh no, like this could this could be a, this could be a tough one on on Saturday. <laughs> well, <laughs> in an interest, I, I saw an interesting stat they had put up yesterday in five of Purdue's last six games. They have held the opponent to two touchdowns or less, which is just really strange to think about as bad as our defense has been. I mean, we shut Wisconsin down for an entire game. Yeah. It was really strange. Like we're well, definitely see, we're definitely I mean, you, the guy who Well see now you now you guys are talking like like IU fans are are talking like, oh, me we you know, we we shut down this top five team or like we we really took it to this um to this top five team. Um, and this is, you know, how I've sort of felt for the past five we years. We haven't like, had oh, football joy in five years. I know, no, I, I know. I understand, <laughs> I understand this, but like, you're, you're talking like we've been talking, you know, Oh, we, you know, one play away from beating Ohio state, one play away from beating Michigan. Like, Oh, had, had Michigan state on the ropes. So like, yeah, I know. I, I totally, I totally understand this. Look, we're, the, it, we're the boyfriend who like, we're the guy who just broke up with a really crazy girl, and now we're dating a normal one. And even though she's not awesome, we like tell our, <laughs> hey, she's good, right? She's like, she's good. she. I went home. I came home like thirty minutes late. She didn't throw a knife at me. Like that's good, right? The craziest <laughs> thing too. The craziest thing too is like this girl's gonna end up taking the Florida job. So <laughs> <laughs> she's gonna go fucking you downstairs. <laughs> but uh. I will kick you, you off that... this podcast. <laughs> that struck a nerve. I will shut this whole thing down. You look at no. What I at... what I want what I want to have happen is Scott Frost to take the Florida job so that Nebraska fans go haywire. That's Why what does I want. Scott Frost take a worse job though. True. You think I mean, Florida's worse than where? Than UCF. That's I, oh. that's mostly a joke at the expense of Florida fans. So yeah, <laughs> these names. When I was when I was at the, when I was at the university when, when I was at the University of Miami, I had to deal with Florida fans a lot. So there's a lot of like there's a lot of material stored up in there that doesn't really you play don't up here. Like in fans. fans. Say what? I don't. It feels like you have a lot of personal things with a lot of fan groups. Oh, I sports are very personal. Like if I can't feel personally aggrieved by a team, then what's the point? So I mean, you don't feel I, that I, way about us. I, I, I don't. For, I don't. <laughs> I keep forgetting that we have um, the state of Indiana's two biggest University of Miami 
fans on this podcast right now. Yes, that's yes, true. Oh, fuck. Because <laughs> I believe, if, if I know the lore correctly, that uh, T-Mail, your, did your wife go to UM? Yes, she she graduated in 02 from the U and uh, was there with Brian McKinney and all those guys, Jonathan Vilma, and had a well, couple classes with him and everything. I graduated from there in 2014, and I was there with Al Golden. So oh. <laughs> we, had, we had a couple different experiences with Hurricanes football. <laughs> but... Uh, him on the sidelines, sweating through that shirt, wearing his I have to say, tie. I have to say, it's been it's been amazing wearing like like Hurricanes gear around town, because there's so much Notre Dame gear around here. And oh yeah, we I just we, want to write the score on my forehead. Um, yeah, last Sunday we wore Canes jerseys out and about, and it was glorious. Perfect. You wear matching <laughs> jerseys with your wife? No, we don't wear matching jerseys. You, you were wearing you jerseys of the same did? school. That well, I mean, like different numbers. Matching. Sure, you change the numbers. No, I, I've got a green one. She's got an orange one. Oh, that's, oh, well, that's completely different. <laughs> thanks, Ledman. Appreciate it. I, I, so, uh, wait, did either of you two guys go to IU? Yeah, I went, yes. to, I went, to, I, okay. I went to IU for undergrad. I, I went to IU for grad school. Okay. I got my law degree in Miami. Okay, I was like, you're oh, talking about you know, Miami. Whoa, hold talking- on. Lawyer, lawyer? Yeah, I'm a... I'm a uh, I'm a true SB Nation blogger because I have <laughs> as well. So, uh, Ledman's our lawyer in training, and uh, he he serves as our legal counsel for everything. Yeah. Nice. Where are you going to school at? Uh, UB. Okay, I don't know what what the B stands for, so I'm just gonna say <laughs> Baltimore. Okay. Oh, Baltimore. Okay, I was like <laughs> uh, UB, and then and then I was like, wait. Those guys. Do you have I any stories about UB fans? I don't know. Baltimore fans have mistreated me lately, but I will. Uh, <laughs> you'll you'll know it if it happens. So they will now. They all listen let to me, this podcast. Let me ask. Uh, let me ask the IU guys a question. What is the one thing that you're like most afraid of about this game, and one thing you think IU can take adv- advantage of for this game? Can I answer the second question first? Because I have a lot more things I'm afraid about than you things know, I don't. Sir. <laughs> okay, <laughs> but I'm going to the second. Answer the second. Uh, um, wait, what was the order of the questions again? <laughs> you, you can answer in whatever order you want. I know two <laughs> things is a lot to keep in your head. I'm looking at I'm looking at I'm looking at Purdue's profile right now, and this kind of matches up with I've watched a fair amount of Purdue uh, this year just because I look for reasons to uh, prod you guys online about them, and uh, <laughs> and if you break down Purdue's defense kind of in, into the two you know things you break it down into you get your pass defense and your your run defense their run defense is outstanding these numbers are crazy you you could you could smack these numbers on like Alabama's profile and they would fit there too and while that is a bummer. At the same time, I you can't run on anybody, and so you know not being able to run the ball isn't unfamiliar territory for IU. So it, it's kind of this strange cold comfort where it's like, oh, they're good at stopping the run, but we can't run the ball anyway. So who cares? And you're you know you're a little bit leakier against the pass. Yeah, uh, pretty pedestrian numbers there. And so for a, for a team that's going to throw the ball sixty times and make the game last five and a half grueling hours with or without a lightning delay. Um, there's at least there's at least some area for optimism there that if Lego can successfully avoid throwing the ball right into the gut of a defender more than two times, that uh, they could probably get some points on the board. Which is it's so weird to talk in 
to kind of couch the game in terms like that after the Kevin Wilson era to be like, well, if we can just cobble together three touchdowns, we'll <laughs> be okay. Whereas it, it was four years of, well, if we can just hold them under 50, we'll have a chance. So, <laughs> and didn't Lake out throw four interceptions last year against us or something? I know Xander threw one of them because he shouldn't ever throw the ball. And, uh, it was it was one of the worst picks I've ever seen in my entire life. Um, I, I, li- I know I Lego. How, Go ahead, Ben. Oh, I, I liked how Xander um, ran. I believe it was him who ran for the intentional safety to run out the clock at the end of the the Purdue game. You know what? The, got, the last I've play got, of the last play I've, of the Kevin Wilson era, an intentional safety. About that play. I've got beef about that play with the hometown clock operator that left one second on the clock when he could have easily just ticked it off, like. What's the point of employing a clock operator if not for that very situation? Where I thought like, this was the Hall of Calls. Exactly. Like, and, and so we had to do the whole safety punt thing anyway and, and leave like the game in the balance. The whole thing was the safety was supposed to end the game. It's like, come on, clock operator, be a team player here. I was really <laughs> upset about that because I, I thought it would be the most Indiana football thing ever to do the smart football play take the intentional safety, which is such a fun thing to do when you're in a situation that warrants it. And then the clock operator leaves a second on. So they have to punt it back to Purdue who then returns it for a touchdown and ruins everything. You guys got the blarge later. It's fine. <laughs> I was yeah, at the that blarge game. that just set everybody on fire. It was the and, worst call I've ever seen in my life. Honestly, like, you can't block and charge at the same time. Everyone should have just gotten out of the way, including the refs and including the eight other basketball players, and just let Biggie and Bryant play make it, take it for 20 minutes in the second Caleb half. Caleb would kill him by 50. I, okay. Bryant is awful. <laughs> I don't I don't even like hate IU players normally. I hated his stupid face. That's fine. I- <laughs> <laughs> Apparently whiskey makes me angry. <laughs> uh, I think the thing that um, worries about me for Saturday is if um, it if it if it gets like into sort of a back and forth game like like Maryland was, and there are just like a bunch of crazy things, and like um, for some for some reason that it um, just all all goes goes haywire. I think if it's like if it's something like. Um, if it's a low scoring game, I kind of like our chances, but if things just like go a little, a little crazy, I like the, um, the guy who has the offensive genius reputation as the head coach. Yeah. And it's let crazy. Me, let me make, I feel, feel the same real quick way, but it's not, but it's not like Purdue's offense is, you know, this fierce to be there. I, I mean, mean, Maryland, Maryland scored 42 on us with a third stringer. So, <laughs> Elijah Sindelar completes 56% of his passes for 6.25 yards an attempt. Yeah, we he's a dink and dunker. Those are but, not good. But until yeah. Mahungu had his awakening for six plays yesterday, we couldn't complete a downfield pass to save our lives. I mean, we had the Nebraska game. We had a guy drop a wide open touchdown off his damn face. Whoever was responsible for those defensive play, like you can get beat on that once where you leave like one on one with a guy who apparently has a five four forty, because our receivers are slow and he just blew by him three times. Well, Mahungu's got speed. He's just he's not been able to gain much separation no, because he has we relative him up. speed. Yeah, he has exactly. speed on our he has offense. Speed. 
speed relative to the rest of our so West. Rest he doesn't fall West. down when he runs, so, so he's quick. So here's the thing: you you say all this, but you you act like Indiana football operates on sort of a normal plane. It, it does. <laughs> it does not. You, you say all this as if like, oh oh, you know, um, this normal action will will happen on Saturday, but you know, it doesn't because you're playing. Um, Indiana football. The only the only reason I feel any confidence about this game is that it is at Purdue, and for whatever reason, I, that just gives me a little bit of confidence that we can get those extra points. And I mean, IU's just been so up and down that you have no idea who's going to show up. Right. I mean, it, I you guys just dropped forty one on a team we could only score twelve against, <laughs> and you know, I, hell yeah, I, we did. <laughs> and yeah, I, well, I, that's I, right. We we defeated Rucker forty one to nothing yesterday i just want <laughs> but, to point that out yeah and, and the thing is, is with this purdue team it's like i feel frustrated that we could easily have seven wins right now because we should have beaten nebraska and we should have beaten rutgers so those are two i feel like we like get away but at the same Sounds time like every conversation feels... we've had about indiana football yep, the last yep this is sound this sound like iu football <laughs> yeah but but at the same time it's like it would kind of feel empty going to a bowl game at seven and five and losing to Indiana where it feels like it would almost be, it would feel like more successful to beat Indiana and go six and six. If that makes sense. No, it's just only fun because right now as we're looking at it, this game matters. Yeah. And there hasn't been a football game that mattered in West Lafayette for like 18 years. Pretty well. That's a rough equivalency. I, I said yesterday was our biggest win since the uh, the original Purdue Harbor in 2009. But even then, that didn't lead to anything. That just ended up coming out of nowhere. Uh, see, my thing is, though, I think it's going to be tough for you guys to um, come off a big victory in your in your biggest rivalry game against Iowa and then oh, have yes. to go play Indiana. Like to go to come off a rivalry that might be a little bit of a letdown spot. This Sir, you are speculating about something no one knows anything about. Uh, you, we have no idea how we respond off a big win. Off <laughs> <laughs> a, a big win against against your rivals, anyone. no less. Against anyone. <laughs> your most hated rivals. Our definite most hated rivals, absolutely. But we've won two rivalry games this year with Illinois and Iowa, so. I, I always forget that Purdue-Illinois is a rival. I always forget that. The cannon. Yeah. <laughs> Remember when Indiana-Illinois was a great basketball rivalry? I do. Oh. Remember when I miss IU Illinois being good in basketball. That Illinois thins. Who threw the pennies in that game in that series? What? When they were throwing crap at a player. Oh, it was uh, Illinois, Illinois fans, fans throwing him at uh, Eric Gordon. 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 Okay. They didn't throw him at a player. They threw him at his parents. Oh, that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a real good lot up there. <laughs> yeah, they, they they took that a little too seriously. It was like, dude, calm down. And if you're going to do that in a basketball arena, it has to be dimes, right? <laughs> so you can see for dropping dimes. Right. Jesus Christ. <laughs> nice. Well, I think we could probably start winding this down before we uh, get off on too far tangents. We've been on here for 52 minutes. So, uh, we haven't we'll talked go- about basketball. Well, well, I talked about the- basketball, but instead I can tell the story from the 2008 bucket game that I attended. <laughs> the 2000. 2000- oh, yes. That one. Time. I like this. So. I, I, I went up to Purdue on Friday night and stayed. No, I went up on Thursday night because I got locked out of the dorms Jesus. on Friday morning. Uh, <laughs> what bars did you go to? 
uh, I was where else? So <laughs> no, I was I was twenty, so zero bars. And uh, you weren't very good at being twenty, were you? Uh, I thought I was pretty good. I, I've never liked bars. Period. <laughs> it's not a thing I enjoy. I don't like paying extra for booze I can make at home, and I don't like having to coordinate. Anyway, um, <laughs> back to the game. I go to the game with my. I, I have a student section ticket. Obviously, I'm very well received at the. Uh, it actually went a lot better than I thought it than I thought it was going to go. Uh, from a treatment standpoint, I was like, "Hey guys, I'm just here with my buddies. <laughs> like, I'm, I don't want any. I don't want any trouble." And, Did your buddy get a bunch of shit? Because I uh, wouldn't make fun of you. I would just like attack him the whole time. Yeah, I'd yell at your buddy. No, I think every, I think everyone was mostly like you know the way the game went kind of made things pretty like pretty easy. There was because Purdue gets out to like a fourteen nothing yeah. lead in about eight we won seconds. sixty-two to ten. Yeah, so in the <laughs> I want to say it was early in the second quarter, Purdue kicks off just a normal kickoff, and I you had two returners back who both watched the ball, thinking the other yeah. guy was going to get it, and it <laughs> landed between that. them. And then a Purdue guy comes sliding in and recovers it. And re- at that at that moment, I shook everyone's hands around me, said, "Congrats on the record. I'll see you all later." <laughs> <laughs> and I left the game, and I made another Purdue friend of mine make me food because I was hungry and mad. And uh, that's my story from the 2008 bucket game. So that that's fantastic. Um, okay, so if we're if we're sharing fun stories of Purdue IU football games where we're the not. other team wins. Uh, I, I went to the um, the game where the Hepner game at IU, and uh, it was me and another Purdue fan went with our friend who went to IU, and we we're in the student section also. Uh, in fairness to to IU fans, they treated me just fine. You know, nothing happened. Uh, but of course, IU wins on a last second field goal. My friend, everybody rushes the field. My IU fan friend was like, "I'm gonna rush the field. Are you guys coming?" We're like, "No, <laughs> we're not coming." So we're like. You go. We will find you later. So we like walk out of the state or no, like first we stand there while just, you know, the tens and twenties of students who were there ran by us. And uh, finally, we're like, we're just going to leave. So we like walk out of the stadium and there was some like promotion where they were handing out cookies. So these oh, like, hell yeah, these poor, <laughs> <laughs> now <he's in. laughs> these poor students who were just like handing out cookies to everybody, they had them on a table I just looked at this like she had to have been like 20, 19 year old student who was like probably making like four dollars an hour to hand out these cookies. I look at her in my Purdue shirt and I go, thanks for the cookies. And I put both my arms on him, open up my shirt and take like 40 things of these cookies all off her table and just stare at her and walk away. Wow. I like how you just slow piloted you being an asshole for your whole life just for this one moment. And then, so like, we're walking through the tailgate fields, and there's one of those, like, you get a big deli tray, and they give you the big clear plastic lid on top that's like way too tall because you've got like sandwiches on under it. So we grab one of those, and I just dump all the cookies inside of it because they're wrapped. So I'm not, you know, getting them like dirty. So they're and we walk back the like two mile walk to this girl's apartment and just like eat like forty cookies and we're like this is a nightmare I want to go drink. I, I was at that game. I was at I that game so too, and that's the only time. That I was at that game too. That's the only time I ever went out to the bars in Bloomington because we were with some uh, friends of ours and he was an IU grad and I ended up at the Bluebird and it was actually quite nice. But 
That that's my only. Uh, yeah, I saw fun. Afro Man in concert at the Bluebird, and it ruled. Afro Man at the Bluebird would be excellent. Because because I am a sports blogger in quotes, I saw um I saw Jason Isbell at the Bluebird. That seems like a very <laughs> a very um sport sports blogger thing to do. What's a Jason Isbell said for standing? Yes, you did get kicked out of Rossade for standing. That's right. Yes. And, and th- that was in, that was during the Hazel era when there was like 20 people there. Period. Yeah. <laughs> so that that's an impressive feat. I have to give you credit for that one. That was pretty cool. <laughs> All right. So before we go, we have to make actual predictions. You don't have to give me the score. We just got to give you who wins. All right. Start us off then. I mean, like I said, the only reason I'm picking Purdue is because it's at home. I feel like it's going to be a super weird game. Either it could be like 55 to 49 or like 12 There's no chance we could score either of those numbers. <laughs> well, that's what I mean. Like, these teams make no sense at all. One week, Listen, they look the upside, game, it's it's the upside down. Like, yeah, we're it's, in the upside down. It's that is be 29 to 11 with no safeties. But either yeah, way, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a John Boyce scoregami game. <laughs> Ooh, the Foonfer could be in play then. That'd be fun. <laughs> five to the first, the world's first ever five to four football game. I don't know what amazing. joke you just made, Travis. I don't know what re- reference it was, but it was right up Ben's alley. <laughs> the Foonfer. Foonfer is like it is old. Uh, this is, I think, from like a 2008, 2009 vintage. Eat every day should be Saturday article, and that's where what he calls a, a, a when a when a team has five points. <laughs> So, you know, field goal and safety or the extremely rare, you lose 6-5 because you got the field goal and you blocked an extra point and ran it back for two. <laughs> I could see something like that happening in this game. That would be impressive. Have it be 6-5. There will definitely be a blocked kick or punt. Oh, Ooh. yeah. I think I agree with that. Yeah. I, I, I think that I could see that. Right. For Purdue, I, I looked it up now. We have gone... Seven straight games, giving up two touchdowns or less, and I think we've had five in a row now, where we or four in a row, where we've held a team under 100 yards rushing, which are just numbers that blow my mind. With as poor as our defense has been all for years and years and years, so we gave up 700 yards last year to Maryland on the ground. Oh I'm yeah, there. Yeah, so was I. I mean, just it was Stop a stop going to games. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I'm done in two years. I'm going to Nebraska next year, and I'm going to Iowa in two years to finish it off. Yeah, and see, I've been to road games where we've won. It's just the one. first visit You've always sucks. You've no, no, one. the first you visit. You just said 1-10-1. That's on the first visit. Like, I've been to Indiana several times where we won. It's just the first time we went was 2001, and we lost 13-7 to in a bloody monsoon. How was your first time having sex? Terrible. <laughs> That's true for anybody. I, it was pretty great for me. Like, this is pretty big what day into my life. <laughs> we, were, we were doing predictions. So um, yeah, let, let's go to the let's the go to the scrimmage Corey guys. What do you guys think? Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna say something like um 21-19 Indiana, but like that 21 is scored in a really weird way, like a um. As you said, like a returned ex- a returned blocked extra point, or like a safety, or like three field, or sorry, seven field goals. Like 
the 20, like, it, yeah, the, I used to that score feels the, right. Like, it's going to be like one of those weird blackjack games where, like, the dealer keeps draw keeps like <laughs> the dealer keeps showing a two and like an ace and like a uh, and a six and like it's, yeah so yeah I I U twenty one Purdue nineteen I think I think Purdue wins by five or six probably like mid twenties to low twenties so I Casey, I don't what do you think I don't feel great about the game to be honest I feel worse about it the, the more I look at it. <laughs> I, I, not only will it be like a block kick, it'll be like returned by that team. They'll be real excited. Then they'll like fumble it into the end zone. So then it'll just be a touchback. Oh, I, there was a play like that. And I think it was the, Oh, I think it was yep. the 06 bucket game where there no, were there two fumbles on one up. play. Yep. I just made it up. It's never happened. No, that was uh Jake Standiford was one of the guys on that play. He ran all the way around the field and punched Jake Standiford or yeah. John? Jake was he John's a... brother. Tracy oh. Porter was the IU player involved. Yep. Oh, I love Tracy Porter. Me too. He won hey, the Saints. Hey, gave Drew, so. Drew Brees the Super Bowl rings. So. Yeah. Yeah. I think Purdue defense is the only like consistent good thing on the field. So I think Purdue will win, and it'll be like 26 to 19, but it won't be that close. I think IU will score late. I, w- I would love for the ghost of Joe Taylor to come back and drop 55 for old time's sake, but the only game where we've even been over – We've only been over 30 twice this year, and one of them took a pick six on basically the final play life. of the game. So I, 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 I like what you guys are saying with the it – feel, it just feels like one of those close games in the 20s and everything. And uh, I, I'm going to say that Purdue pulls it out just barely, like 27-24 or something. That would, that would be I, – I also think um, this could be one of I, – I use last – chances to, for a while i hate to say this to win to win the bucket game because like if brom gets this offense rolling you know purdue is playing you know some big 10 west opponents uh, um, for the most part you know they and and you know brom sticks around you know i could see them you know get it especially with how the defense is played this year the defense keeps it up and brom gets the offense rolling like you know eight or nine wins in the in big 10 west not out of the cards i am fully sure he's gone I, there's no way he stays for more than like two. No, oh, you shut up. He's oh. staying. He's staying. We're gonna be fine. We're already paying him three and a half million dollars a year or That's something. Not that much money. Oh well, excuse okay. me, Mister Casual Millionaire. How much they tip you at that hole in a wall bar you work at, man? <laughs> Don't worry about it. <laughs> I I think he sells kidneys on the side. I'm just a little skeptical there. Uh, so does anybody else have any final thoughts before we uh, pull this train into the station? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to make a plug for myself. No, yeah. I'm going to be on Jeopardy. I'm going to be on Jeopardy in three weeks. Wait, oh, seriously? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You didn't leave with that? I I didn't have a chance to. <laughs> Literally, I <laughs> no, wouldn't the, say the, words the, until those the, were the first things the, that came the out. People gotta, the people got to wait till the end to hear the good stuff. So – I assume you're going to tell us how much you won and then you no. get it taken away by Jeopardy or something, right? Like Alex no. Trebek comes to your house? No, uh, I can't say anything other than Friday, December 8th, Central <laughs> DVR. That's pretty cool, though. But only the 8th? Oh! <laughs> Friday, December 8th. <laughs> That's it. He's He did well. You almost got him there, Casey. <laughs> All right. Any other final thoughts? I can't say anything else, but yeah, you. But yeah, um, 
my my Facebook pictures with me with Trebek, and I'm never changing it. Hey. Gotta, gotta keep it. So I'd like to thank our guests, Ben and Kyle, for coming over to the Hammer and Rails podcast. And I know we're wishing each other the worst of luck on Saturday, but should be a fun contest. And if you haven't bought tickets, go buy tickets. It's going to be a fun game. So this is the Kyle school. and uh, Ben. Oh no, you! I, I zoned out. I was looking at a. <laughs> I was looking at dank memes online. Sorry. No, I, I, I just, I've been rendered speechless. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>